Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. A very warm welcome to you, Gregory, and the White Cloud Group. You're the actual spokesperson for a whole group of beings. Yes, that is quite true, and welcome, and I thank you so for that warm welcome, my dear friend Ian, and to all of you who may be listening at any time in the present or future. Uh, The situation is, of course, that within every ounce of our uh, ability, my dear friend, we are, I am myself, Gregory Hay of the White Cloud Group, born 1705, passed in 1723. I was born in the little village of Swatham in the county of Norfolk. I am so pleasured and honoured as always I am to meet and be with you at this present time. I am of the White Cloud Group. I am the spokesperson. I was asked to do this work uh, both before, prior to my physical life, although I never remembered it during my physical life, and once again, once I had passed. I was asked once again to uh, commit to a certain length of time in my consciousness makeup uh, for me to study in the halls of learning so that I would be able to have a different voice uh, for ability to be able to uh, communicate, hopefully, with those of you of the physical state. And uh, the whole point of this is that the White Cloud Group uh, was formed together by White Cloud, who is a um, a Cherokee, um, Absaroki Crow, and a mixture, mixed-race being, who absolutely uh, has other uh, uh, leanings as well, of Chippewa, of course, and that his energy, in fact, came from many centuries past. Uh, He was a shining one when he had a physical life, and when he eventually passed to the spirit world at a very old age for a, a native being, he continued that shining pathway. But actually, having had a physical life, recognized that there were many uh, difficulties that were going to become more inherent within humanity's makeup. It wasn't, it was evident to him that uh, human beings were not going to learn that quickly. So it was that he decided to bring about the White Cloud Group as a collection of beings who had, uh, all had an earth physical life, and also with many beings who had never had an earth physical life as well, so that their expertise of the universe would be able to be brought together in truth and honesty, not so as a way of the white cloud group and the way that they see it as opposed to everyone else, but simply as the universe dictates. Uh, We were well aware that there were many energies Uh, essences of the physical world, which uh, appeared to be, uh, how can I say, derailed, uh, appeared to be absconded by other groups of uh, human beings who were making it their business to turn matters into uh, a profitation for themselves rather than being for the mass. So you have the envelope of religious understanding and all of the peculiarities that survey 
in that kind of context. So you have one religion who says that everyone else who doesn't recognize their religion is damned or is going to go to hell or something like that. Uh, some innocuous reason, of course, as to why that's all going to happen for their loving God that they profess to be uh, beholders of. So you see that in many respects, you would try to understand that human beings try to align themselves to one particular religion or one region or one tribe or um, a different kind of uh, situation that they have to bow to or be in the presence of. It appears to be that all of this is the circumference of ego, uh, the circumference of mind as well, of course. And we were well aware that throughout human history, there has never really been an understanding, a real understanding of the mechanics of the universe and particularly, of course, of human behavior within it and the elements of mind, how mind itself may be contributory to the universe or how it may stall it, uh, prevent it from functioning, how human mind may actually interfere with the workings of the universe itself. And so uh, we obviously take the view that what we need to bring about is truth. And what we need to bring about is not our own personal truth, but simply universal truth that is not shrouded in religious explanation for one kindred or another, but is simply and purely for love. The energy of love which exists throughout the universe. The energy of love which is of all things, to do with all being, all manner or fabric of any kind of being that may exist, now or in the future. So we are here as witnesses of the universe, trying to bring understanding and education to those uh, of the physical world, not as a matter of egotistical uh, situations or, or that we are professing to be more intelligent than anyone else. In fact, uh, within this whole situation, many people will cite that they are further ascended than we. Many people will cite that they have a greater love than we. We cannot cherish love as human physical beings cherish love because they tend to hold it onto themselves like as though their lives depended upon it or that, that in order to give their love to someone else would then mean that they have less love rather than understanding that to give love in purity and in absolute trust that it would be all of the love they give will be brought back, will be repaid in full, tenfold. So it is not of the mind that we have that we understand this as a fact. It's purely and simply of what is. As you will come to understand, as all beings will come to understand, hopefully not by the time that you pass to our side of life, but long before it. For what we really truly will is for all beings to stand up, be counted for, be understanding that you can and must make your difference felt within your walk of life. It is no good for you just to sit and wallow, to allow others to uh, take the reins. 
or to allow others to ride over your um, dreams and your mystification. It is for you to explore it, to move within your life, to cherish it and bring it into its absolute fruition, not to be remembered for egotistical content, but simply to will yourself to live. That's beautiful. Just to sort of expand on what you just said there, I was doing some research today and I come across um, uh, some work by a well-known author, actually, and he's been working on a way of measuring like love or the heart like yes. and the the work that he he done it seems to suggest that the heart if you sit in your heart space and you work from the heart that the it's measurable in some respect that the the heart can give off it can also it can change the magnetism of the earth or affect the overall magnetosphere of the planet apparently well my dear friend uh, not one person's of course but that's simply because what you're using is, in a sense, a figurative uh, pseudonym. By saying that it's the heart gives a, a human being a center space, gives a human being a space, a center of understanding one-on-one -on -one and what it means. So that when I say that, I'm saying it not in a glib way. I'm not saying as to misrepresent what you have just said, but that in a sense, when you were talking about the heart of a human being, not just as a physical, biological makeup, but of the contents of vibration, you are also talking about something which is multidimensional. So in this respect, dear friend Ian, what I'm saying is that when a human being centers upon its heart, upon the emotion, emotive, uh, creative state of vibration which can be gathered from that point, both of mind, of the center of your um, third eye chakra, whatever you wish to call the emblem of you, what is your consciousness. The thing is that human beings tend to veer what their consciousness is in too many different shapes and forms. So when you were talking about your heart, that can be equally glibly segregated and displayed in many different segments so that human beings simply try to fixate upon one particular place because it makes it easier. The human mind cannot grasp things outside of the process of one and one. So that when we are talking about this uh, piece of allegory, we are talking about the different change in vibration, which changes the magnetism of the human identity of one being, but that also alters the identity in a, a, a mirroplasmic sense of multidimensional thinking. So in other words, dear friend, if you create a beautiful image within your heart, not the chakra point, but within the physical being of your heart that is then interpreted at the same time by your emotional field content of something being extra loving and beautiful and refined and pure and perfect. That's what you want to create for someone else, perhaps when you fall in love with them or when you are loving as a giving friend to them. 
that is equal then when you feel as a human physical being of being equally loving toward the planet or toward a group of friends, toward you feeling that way within your family group. Not simply that it's alien or not simply saying that you can only feel that in your family group, you can feel that with your best friend or any number of friends. You may also feel that as for your tribe, for your, dare I say it, for your uh, nationality. You, human beings often find this as a swelling point for their ability to fight another nationality in states of utter violence as well, simply because at, there are times when that emotive state within heart and within that center of feeling can become so pinpoint and so accurate as to create all different kinds of uh, seraphim uh, uh, energies, if you like. This is simply then enabling a human being to act out of character, so that what you're able to do by this is in creating this beautiful love within the heart, within that concentrated energy and power, you concentrate all of your consciousness into that point, you are also sending it multidimensionally to other places within the afterlife, other places within the universe. This is saying something which is heard, felt and sensed by other beings within the universe. So I hope that you understand that my uh, allegory of this is somewhat more uh, multidimensional, explicit than uh, perhaps uh, the way that human beings would normally think of it. I'm not trying to be uh, um, extended over this. I'm simply trying to point out the actual mechanics of what happens when you as a physical being actually pure, purely pour in this kind of concentration, which then enables the whole focus of feeling to be joined with other beings. It's why love is so important to the human race and why you need to have that form of upliftment and joining to help you to gather strength. When uh, Mr. Master Obama actually created his situation in uh, when he was running for office, he actually created an energy of in three simple words, yes we can. And by emoting that three simple word within the heart, yes, we can. We can stir this energy of our self because our self is as good as any other self. And that is the creation of love. It's the same energy. I noticed you called Obama master. Was there a particular reason for that label? Because he's actually still a child. A child in, in, the, in the sense of the universe, like not really knowing what's going on. Well, yes, uh, to a sense, my dear friend, but also very knowledgeable too. I am saying not master as in a glorification. I'm saying more master as in master young person. Oh, I see. Okay, I got see. you. Yeah. Cause, um... uh, but I mean no disrespect to him whatsoever. I have every respect for his attitude and aptitude of what he wants to do, what he wants to create. That doesn't mean to say that he will, but he has every chance, more than many, of creating uh, something of a lasting understanding between warring tribes. I take it he doesn't know the full picture, so he's doing the best of his ability. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So going back with the heart thing as well, if, um, if a lot of people 
do come from a place of love, then yes. you know there's a lot of um, thought on this that it creates a happier ether almost, so that people yes. that are in that atmosphere are less prone to violence or rage or you know or fear. Do you see what I mean? And if, if fear and fear does the opposite, it creates sort of darkness in people. But that's a fact, Ben. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's a fact. Uh, the point is, uh, I, I would suggest, friend, if you, uh, for example, you come to uh, certain cities on your fair planet, you would actually, if uh, at a certain point, you would find approaching a village or a town or something like that, that with the right kind of energy vibration coming from you, you would be able to determine the energy of the place. And that's simply caused and created by the central uh, forms of energy of all the beings living within it, including the animals, I have to say. So, so think about it logically then. So if we want to have peace on Earth and live here as, as a golden age, which is what yes. many people believe we're heading towards, yes. in order for that to happen, we would every, enough, every person on the planet would have to be in love without fear, or a large number, the majority of people yes. would be... Yes, or at least to understand it. And that means that, uh, obviously, this then, for some people, is a larger commitment or something outside of their normal uh, state of rational thinking, if you like, than uh, their other form of day-to-day -day living. So, obviously, for some people, it, would, it creates a problem from the outset, purely and simply because they're not of the rationale to think in that way. But the thing is, consensus reality is projected onto people through newspapers, the TV, magazines. Okay, so you, school kids are basically they adopt a certain attitude, and even at, even at the age of five or six, kids are already belittling other kids um, for like having a wrong school bag or wearing the wrong things. Yeah. And and I picked up a newspaper the other day. I mean, I, I rarely read newspapers and I could not believe what I saw in the paper. It was utter trash. And, you know, to me, it was just completely distracting the individual reading that newspaper. Yeah. It took all responsibility away from them. Um, yeah. they couldn't, after reading that, you wouldn't be thinking about anything else apart from what was on telly, uh, what was in the, new, the next celebrity big brother or whatever yes, I, I and so that i mean those things need to be pulled down before we can get to a place where people can really start thinking properly yes the problem is that what that kind of uh, uh, attitude creates of, of these kinds of uh, ways of mind if you like are that they are a way of trying to take away the responsibility of the individual and as a way of saying uh, uh, that if you overload life with too many uh, uh, fruitless things, pointless things, you uh, are finding that the media is emphasizing people coming back in, in boxes and that kind of thing from uh, a war-torn environment rather than actually the positive things or the situations that can be created from the utmost poverty of mind that those uh, people in those war-torn environments were living in before it became that way. Mm. So you have many different situations where by uh, uh, these uh, centrist views in a sense then are creating other anomalies within the beings that they're trying to entrap, which is simply 
to not actually have a voice in anything. Yeah. And that is to be the kind of uh, situation of stiflement which is happening at this present time. You have, on the one hand, many people who are, it, all that they appear to be illuminating is something of a negative voice, trying to uh, pour more fuel onto negative, more negative voices, so as to make it worse and worse. In actual fact, I understand from our observations of your side of life at this present time, it seems to be that the only actual real news that you have that is actually talked about is negative. Can, can I ask a selfish question here? Okay. Um, basically, right, we want people to become more spiritual, more responsible, and stuff like that, right? Now, the world at the moment, we've got, you know, very powerful companies that help yeah. project a certain reality, okay? Yeah. That's fine. People are doing that. Um, many people have kind of got out of that pattern, which is fantastic. Now, to get the majority out of that pattern would be t for those people producing that kind of material to stop. And the only way I can think they would stop is if they went out of business, right? Yeah, so if, you know... This is a really selfish thing now, right? If there was a financial collapse, yes, right, then that could reboot the system in a sense and then allow other people that are already awakened to change the paradigm. But the question I've got is, though, that is if a financial collapse happened, is that engineered or is it engineered to collapse, to hurt people, or is it going to go that way to give us a chance, really, to reboot the system and allow people of integrity to come up and produce, a, you know, a better reality? No, my dear friend, simply saying no. Uh, what you have to do and understand is that you cannot wait for a collapse to happen in order to take then your responsibility or then to say uh, there is some other knight in shining armor who is going to come and rescue the situation or the position. What you have to do is understand this, dear friend Ian, that within the best will of the world, what you must do is shake people's minds. You have to shake the tree in order for the tree of life to then be able to produce the right kind of fruit. That means to say that when you have ideas about uh, how you want to progress in life, then what you need to do is make sure you make the progression so that instead of going to a supermarket and buying fresh produce there, simply that the reason why it is cheap is because they are stealing from the producers. Yeah. Because they are not actually paying them the, the actual uh, amount of what their product is worth. The simple fact is then you are obtaining things on the cheap, which means that at some time you, it's going to catch up with you. So at some point in the future, if you do not as a race change your behavior to the simple point of where you buy your cabbages, or where you buy your carrots or potatoes, then if you do not catch up with it and say, well, rather than go to this place, which is a large uh, uh, multinational company, but instead I will go to a farmer's market and buy something that is local that hasn't had to be transported halfway around the planet in order to get to my table of food that I give to my little family, but that instead I give it I, I support the person 
who is actually toiling in the farm next door to uh, my own county or something like that, then that is obviously something which is more sustainable. That is, it, it's a fact, my dear friend, that what we have been witnessing from the spirit world, from the afterlife of human behavior, is that they've become inherently more lazy as to accept things as to their due rather than being understanding of the complexity of nature of what it actually takes to produce the instant orange on your table at any time of the year. Or the tomato from somewhere, some little island in the middle of the Pacific or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, things are made too convenient for people, aren't they? Yes, quite so. And so what I'm saying is that by allowing this to continue, simply what you're going to find is that what's already happening, which is that when a company in your country then is unable to continue to produce food or a product simply because they have to up sticks and move to Asia or they have to up sticks and move to India or some other country where labor is cheap. That is so they can make more profit, not be better for the humanity they are trying, that they were originally meant to serve. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that completely makes sense. Okay, well, thank you very much on that. That's uh, obviously quite a deep part of the show and um, actually got quite a few questions backing up from listeners that have written yes. into us yes. over Christmas. So uh, without further ado, I'll try and get onto some of these now. Um, the first one, um, lady wrote in asking, Gregory has previously mentioned that he marvels at the beauty of flowers in the spirit world yeah. and often talks to them. My question is it wrong to buy cut flowers from the shops as they have been cut from growth? Also, oh. do the fairies stay with the flowers once they've been cut? Fairies do not stay with the flowers once they have been cut. They may return to visit with them before they finally pass. However, the energy is with the plant, not the flower itself. The flower is the fruit of the plant. The plant is what is innate within its survival as a species upon the earth cycle. Fairy, who are native to that particular plant or who may be a condition of that kind or plant variety or species, will only be uh, a part of it to the extent to which it has enabled that group of fairy to be that way, inherently uh, within their genetic. So it may be then, for example, that a certain group of fairy will be associated with a certain plant species or a whole species or family. Now, it doesn't mean to say that without then that family, that group of fairy would no longer exist, for they would mutate and gradually grow towards some other variety or other situation. Similarly, it will be that as fairy have become further and further entwined within physical life for all of the millions of years of their existence, that in actual fact, 
uh, does not mean to say that there are more and more and more species of fairy, the more and more uh, biological differences and mutations of plants which then create new species. Fairy generally tend to work not in fixations over one specific plant variety, but rather to conditions. They are rather the underlings of the various different type conditions of environmental state, rather than specific species, although I understand within some groups of fairy, and of which there are 76 uh, varieties altogether, uh, that is, varieties as in species of fairy, not specific family group types. It means to say that there are uh, many different forms of fairy who are able to embody themselves within certain matters, certainly with the plant's help, usually because the plant actually shields the, um, the offspring fairy at a certain point of its nurture and makeup. So the fairy's imperative is that, you know, the, the, the plant needs the fairy. Is, is that part of nature's cycle that we see the physical flower and the plant, but also multidimensionally, the fairy is important for the growth of that plant as well? Is in, important to the growth of that plant in as much as its environmental state? Yes. So the fairies actually look human. When we see pictures of fairies, they seem to look like, you know, Women. Not particularly. <laughs> Little wings. <laughs> Not particularly. I know that that's a classic uh, 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 Victorian emotive example of what fairy, all fairy are supposed to look like this. Whereas in actual fact, if you look at aqua fairy, for example, uh, they would be almost translucent or like glass. Yeah, and uh, do not have the shape of breasts and all of that that uh, are also uh, so uh, typically drawn uh, as uh, a gender type. You see, they are not necessarily of gender orientation, although oftentimes they may move within gender at certain points of their lifetime experience. And it's not to say that all uh, fairy will wither and die and all of the rest of the things are physical stuff because they're not a physical stuff. So that means to say it's to do with their matter of energy as their vibration changes so as to whether they would allow you to see them or not. Sure. So could I, for instance, if I wanted to have an experience um, have my energy in a fairy? Could I become a fairy? No. No. And I mean to cast no, no, <laughs> nothing warrants this, my dear friend. Uh, I'm simply saying that human beings do not become fairy. But not human beings, I mean the soul, you know, like my soul energy. No, 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 my dear friend, it's completely different. Right, but okay. What I'm saying is that fairy energy, sometimes it may be that uh, a spirit who has had a slight human experience in that it maybe became uh, attached to a fetus which then became aborted or lost in some way. And that would be, so for example, it may be a situation that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you understand. Mm. And that that spirit of that child, uh, because of the relationship of mother-parent or whatever, 
to do with that system of uh, life enhancement at that time, that spiritual evolution and journey had been done and made with and had been finished, then it may well be at times that uh, energy of spirit may illuminate to become uh, perhaps one kind of fairy or another, but is not usually associated with specific plant types. Uh, it can be, of course, as well, the same can be said for beings who become animals of a certain form. So, for example, um, fauna fairy. There are as many different types of fauna fairy as there are faunic beings. So that means to say that all of the different types of animal that you have, there are fairy equivalents of. However, they are not of the, uh, the time at which spirit of that form had that physical experience. It would have been centuries previous to that, uh, that they would have had an animal experience and only some would want to illuminate themselves as a fairy experience, purely and simply because not all spirit energy wants to do that. In fact, very few spirit energy actually want to have a physical experience upon the planet of Earth, sure. regardless of whether it's human or animal. The simple fact is most spirit are illuminated elsewhere within the universe, and the universe being such a vast place in any event, that's just the universe that you know about, rather than all of the other many universes that you are not yet configured within your life, simply because it's a matter, obviously, that you had known about previously, prior to your physical existence, because you were a pure spirit being, but not something that you brought with you, necessarily. Okay, well, that's uh, quite amazing. <laughs> the wow. universe is, my dear friend. It's a beautiful experience, never-ending experience for all spirit. That's what I'm saying. It's, you don't have to fixate upon the earth in order to understand what love is or in order to understand the shape of illuminate or illumine of the spirit. Mm. It is within the heart of everything that you see. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, just moving on to another question now. Yes. Um, a, a listener wrote in with this one, and this was around uh, the death recently of a celebrity, Stephen Gately. Um, yes. And they, they basically what they wanted to know is they were wondering why some people come to Earth either being gay or bisexual. Could it be because they came from a soul group that is neither man or woman? And as it, it says in the Bible that it's wrong to be gay apparently and how do spirit people really feel about it over there and is it still thought of as being wrong right one moment my dear friend so first of all dear friend what you'll have to do is you'll have to uh, ask me these questions one at a time sure okay so the first question then is um the, the lady was wondering um, yes. why some people come to earth either being gay or bisexual very well this is a gender assignment situation so uh, the gender situation is not necessarily coming from the position of what is normal or what is abnormal. The problem becomes simply because people of one gender type who have one gender orientation think that everything outside of that is a threat to them. They also see that as being something of an incongruous state. Why would anyone want to else want to be this way when I find it so abhorrent 
when it should be this way, of which I am related to. So many people, unfortunately, within their physical life, see situations in a closed vacuum. And what you are interpreting from this is then the energy that you feel that you build up within your life concerning the matters of your own morality. What you are then looking at upon in this physical journey and your mental attitude toward your physical journey is stereotyping matters of consciousness and physical harmony. Perhaps it would be then that if all of those of one gender type or orientation or one uh, way of looking at it or their way of looking at it may be that they actually don't know who they are or what they are or what they want to presume. It may well be that just simply there is a part and if you look at many different animal types and animal forms, they will not necessarily see this gender orientation situation as that much of a problem because there are many animal forms which also have uh, mixed gender ideas and ideologies. Monkeys, dogs, cats, many different kinds of beings, uh, an enormous amount of beings. Uh, different animal types display these same intonations, these same connotations for themselves. That doesn't mean to say that they are bent or that they are, there's something wrong with them, or that they are inherently lost within their journey of light. It simply means that their orientation, their chemistry energy, is making it that their consciousness wills this as a part of the form that they enjoy. It doesn't mean to say that there's something inherently wrong with them, or they're disfigured in some way, or that there's some mental attitude which needs saving. It's simply not a sickness. It's not a, a wicked dream. It is not something which then incites hatred or unnecessary violence or extreme negativity or any kind of negativity. If beings are being loving toward them, one another, in whatever way that manifests, love has to be regarded as the response, not the methodology or the ideology of morality you wish to impose upon others. So basically, I mean, the, the, the stuff is in the Bible that makes people feel it's wrong is man-made, isn't it? It was only written there to control people, to control human beings. Don't forget, friend, that the Bible was altered 500 years AD dramatically altered from its original concept and its original platform, which was simply a, a group of stories to tell not only about the life of Jesus, but also about the lives of various other people around him in his life, as they wrote letters from one to another, discussing various quadrants of uh, morality that they were trying to uncover and discover about themselves. It was really a journey, uh, a simple journey of energies at that time and the confrontations that people were moving through. That doesn't mean to say that the same thing has to apply thousands of years later. It simply doesn't mean either that you lose all sense of your morality if you move beyond that. It doesn't mean to say that it's necessarily better or worse. It's just 
a matter of your decision-making property as to whether you wish to invoke that within your life. And the more wholeheartedly you invoke it, you think then that you are above others or it puts you apart from the rest of humanity. You see everyone else as being negative, going to hell, going to some other place that you, because of your God-given right, is kept aside from that fate. So how much, I mean, what is the core story of Jesus true? You know, there was a man that was a a philosopher that went out to give a message, was crucified. Absolutely, yes. And he was a very loving, giving being. He was a medium, in actual fact. Okay. And was he actually crucified? Yes, nailed. Yes, they did that a lot in those days. They actually used to nail a lot of people upside down, I understand and in various other ways as well. They used to nail them to wheels as well. Yeah, yeah. So what about the the resurrection? Was he resurrected? Or was that added later on to make it sound as if he was special and that no one could ever equal him and that he was the son of God and no one else could be a son of God, that kind of... But that isn't actually true. Because quite simply, because quite simply, my dear friend, many people of... Many people's relatives have come back, uh, have shown themselves, albeit fleetingly, perhaps for five or ten seconds, perhaps even to have a conversation with their loved one for a very short space of time and then simply uh, moved back into the ether world. What I'm saying is that this was a simple element of the spirit journey and the way in which it was brought about was so that human beings may identify something else about themselves which would bring truth to their understanding that they were not necessarily better than animals but that they had life everlasting which all beings do but it's not in the context of uh, 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 being drafted into one narrow little vein of you must adopt this religion or go to uh, or, or be uh, uh, driven out, you see, like some evil doer. Did he have a relationship with Mary Magdalene as well? I understand that did take place. It's a beautiful story around Jesus and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's the part where it got moulded into religion and then it's all this kind of control where you're born into sin. And, you yes, know, yes. And, and I that, see. Do you see what I mean? I, I think a yes. lot of people see through that um, and they realise that he was a beautiful soul and he came here to enlighten people and he he had integrity he didn't he stood up for and this is the really good part of the story is that he stood up for injustice so the part about the money um exchanges you know yes. he didn't just sit back similar to what you have now dear friend similar to what we've got now but rather yes. than being you know in apathy and doing nothing he proved that you to be an enlightened being that you have to stand up that's right absolutely so yes you have to stand up that's right. Yeah. That's what we're trying to tell people. Fantastic. Is there a message you want to give to people before we go? Well, my dear friend, all that I have to say is that my message is simple to all beings who may uh, want to reflect upon their own lives. I am simply saying here for each and every one of you to have courage, to have courage of your day that the next day you will win. And if by any chance you feel that you have not won your next day, then you will most certainly win the next one after that. Do not think in terms of failure. 
Do not think in terms that you are worth less than you truly are worth much more than you feel you are. Therefore, I have to say that every single thing that you do, try to do in your very best light, with your very best energy. Your brightest energy creates the brightest star you are. And that will be the legacy you leave for every day, for every being you meet with upon your journey of light. Okay, thank you, Gregory. Thank you so, my dear friend Ian. It is a pleasure to talk with you at this time and at any time. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's, it's uh, the honour's all mine, honestly. Thank you. Thank you so. With love and light, may your blessings always be the fruit of all that you wish for. God bless, dear friend. God bless. <laughs> If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.